Back in uh, knowing knowing the will of God, yeah, knowing which, the will of God. Yeah, we're, well, we're knowing the will of God in this episode, right? Yes. It was what was it before that? It was like liking the will of God and discovering the will of God. Oh, okay, yeah. The 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 series that, is called Knowing the Will of God, but yeah, you're right. You know, this is more uh, getting into it. But now now we're oh now we're like in the peak. No, no, I don't no, even know where. Yet? Yeah, I don't okay. really know where the peak is. I can only see the peak after I'm past it. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is it right here. This is it. <laughs> yeah, this you know, is it. You're going to look back and be like, yep, oh, that was yeah. the peak right yes, there. absolutely. And so we're going to be talking about Knowing the Will of God, again, episode three. So give us a rundown of, you know, you went through Colossians 3, 1 through 17, I believe was mm-hmm. the uh, the scripture there that mm-hmm. you used. I was mm-hmm. about to say the sermon. I was like, that's not the right <laughs> word. It's not a sermon. It's a scripture. So give us a rundown of what this one is about, what this uh, sermon was about, and where you're coming from. Yeah, so, you know, the first two weeks, I basically was like, you're not going to understand the will of God unless you love. And so one of the things, you're not going to discover the will of God from envy. You know, you can see what other people have that you would love to have too, and then thinking because you desire it, that's the will of God. You're also not going to discover it if you're uh, without um, having the mind of Christ. So, so you need God's love. You also need the faith of Jesus Christ, was what we talked about last week. And um, so this one goes into just a little bit more, um, you know, detail, especially about the role of thankfulness, you know, as far as when you do, think about discovering the will of God, a lot of it is actually in um a contentedness uh, and a, an acceptance of that God is ordering all areas of your life, even if they are unpleasant to you or disappointing to you, and because thankfulness points to a, a basically an idea of you you're receiving everything from God, and that's a huge part of knowing God's will is just knowing um, that if you have a place of re- a place of receiving and thankfulness, no matter necessarily sometimes what your will says is good and right for you, then you're going to really uh, have a lot of clarity coming from the will of God. So you talked about, I think this kind of was uh, maybe even part of last week as well, if I remember correctly. So much happens in a week. <laughs> I can't remember everything, right? But that knowing the will of God must be motivated by love. Mm-hmm. And so when we're and you just you kind of just said that here just a moment ago about how uh, you know to put it in other terms that we when we're I don't know analyzing what might be the will of God mm-hmm. if it's coming from a place of envy which is what you know what you talk about as being the things that we want or that other people have that we want mm-hmm. or anything of that sort then obviously it, it can't be correct. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean, like, I guess it could be, though, right? I mean, it, as long as it's not envious, you know. But. Yeah, so it gets really tough, right? Like, what is covetousness, right? Like, covetousness is idolatry, which is crazy, right? So how do you know you're worshiping an idol? Well, you're worshiping an idol when you eagerly desire what somebody else has and you are going after it. Uh, or you might, and then of course it could even, you might mean you don't like them because they have it or, but it's just like you're wanting what it is they have. 
that's uh, self-worship, right? So basically your will becomes what you worship. Your desires become what you worship. That's why it's idolatry. That's yourself. Uh You know, you're worshiping. So, which is crazy, right? Like, um, it's, it's because we live in a society that says, what are your dreams? Uh, what is it you want? And you should go hard after them. And uh, we need to have a lot of discernment around that because, uh, you know, even, you know, we're not just talking the bad things. We're just talking about everything, um, you know. Now, and I think we need to, as Christians, understand we're, now, we're no longer our own. Our desires, although um, we're a mixture of bad desires and good desires, even our good desires need to be taken to the cross we need to take, you know, take up our cross and follow Jesus, um, and actually let Him be the one who comes to dictate, uh, you know, our desires, and not just say, "Oh, I'd like to be rich because I can give a lot of money away." Because I see rich people, and they do so much good, and everybody likes them, and they're very comfortable, and you know, and they, you know, blah blah blah. Well, really, ultimately, what you're looking at there is, uh, you know, is basically your will saying, this is what would be good for me, too. Would definitely um, so, be good for Yeah, me. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And you're not necessarily wrong. Like, being rich is better than being poor. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. It just is the reality. And so, but when you're in Christ, um, you know, it is better to be poor in Christ uh, than it would be to be rich and outside of what it is that God would want for you. That whole, like, uh, I think my dad has, like, a refrigerator magnet, actually, that says that. Like something yeah. About, like, no matter how much you gain, if you if you don't have Christ, then you've really lost everything already. Yeah, that's right. You, you know, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul, right? And so, um, you know, so it's obvious, you know, it's obvious that we are all in some way, shape, or form going to uh, put our desires in a place where we think that would be the will of God. You know, for me, I've talked about this here for, before. Uh, I have a big desire to be a Christian VIP that I've talked about. Is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. I appreciate all the Christian VIPs that are out there. I really do. I really do appreciate them. And I can see what it is they do and the you know access they have and speaking engagements and think that's what's best for me. And that's what I want, too, and I'm going to go after that, too. And God, isn't that what you want for me, too? And, you know, and all that stuff. But I need to actually say, no, uh, I'm dying to that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it's not for me to pursue. Uh, it is, uh, it is, and so I die to it and pursue what it is, Jesus, you want for me. You you are the Christian VIP for us, though, Dave. So. <laughs> <laughs> that means nothing. No, I'm just yeah, joking. you know, I'm honestly, I, I agree. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. uh, no, it means something. But uh, uh, I, I do appreciate being VIP in your guys' eyes, if that's even true. And you're not you, just pandering. You're the star of the show here, man. Let's you know, go. I mean, like, we don't make any money off of this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> without you, it wouldn't happen. Uh, so one thing that caught my attention in the sermon, you had mentioned something about that we're – given the thoughts that are the thoughts of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Go go through that. What does that mean exactly? And how do we see that like in our everyday lives? I mean, like, I feel like I don't have the thoughts of Jesus because 
that trust me, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I could even just say the thing back to you is trust you. I trust me. You do. It's just you've yet, not yet come to recognize when you get the thoughts of Jesus as something that might be uh, different than your own thoughts or maybe even the enemy's thoughts or something like that. You definitely do, because we do have the mind of Christ in the Holy Spirit. And so that's actually um, partially what the key thing about thankfulness is, is remember thankfulness is all about receiving. And usually we don't have a posture to God of receiving. We have a posture of God to giving. Like, I need to have this, you know, like I need to get the mind of Christ. Or I need to get the love of God. I need to get the blessing of God. I need to get this stuff. I need to get the whole filling of the Holy Spirit. When actually thankfulness says, oh Lord, I, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. I have received it. Now I just need to be more conscious of it. That's that Colossians 3, set your minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You know, we need to be, we need to set our minds on what is actually true. So, um, so thank you, Lord, that I have your love and how it's going to, you know, play out. Thank you that I have your faith and your, so you start to have a totally different way of thinking that's more like, a you, uh, it's a trust you've received it. Now you're asking Jesus to fulfill it through you. So, I mean, in any, any situation, it can be any number of things. But practically, a lot of times it will just like, and it, it is very individual, but, you know, a lot of times in my life, it can become uh, something where, you know, in individual conversations, something will pop to mind in a way that will bring something up in a way that is just like where now we're talking about more deep things or talking about the gospel or... Um, you know, also one of the things is like, you know, Lord, I'm naturally don't want to talk to people about Jesus generally when I'm going about my day, like, you know, at the store or something like that. But, um, that's how I kind of am. But Lord, I know that you might be open to that too. So, you know, just, I'm trying to be attentive to you to see any kind of thing. You know, recently I was about to go into a meeting um, with a person and, right before the meeting, um, I had like a couple, um, random thoughts about reconciliation and the meeting, um, about 10 minutes into the meeting, uh, the person just kind of started sharing without my prompting about some relationships that were broken in their life and that were irreconciled. And I was like, Oh, I was just thinking about this and I shared the two things I had been thinking about, about reconciliation. They're like, that's exactly what I need to do. <laughs> right. So it's just like, so about five minutes before the meeting, I have a couple thoughts about, I mean, I thought, and I felt like they were kind of random. Uh, as I'm driving in the meeting, I'm just thinking about relationships being reconciled, a couple things about how that comes about. And then 10 minutes into the meeting, those two, th I, this guy, talks about the irreconciled things. I share the two things and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I need to do. Nuts. I mean, you know, stuff like that, right? So it's just like, yeah. did were those my thoughts on the way to the car? Yes and no. Mostly, and th the reason why I say yes and no of that is because Jesus lives inside of me through the Holy Spirit. And so that's what, how he is going to interact with me through my inner being, which is my thoughts. 
and other things too, but it is my thoughts. And so, uh, so it's Jesus thought and also my thought, but Jesus thought. <laughs> so, you know, it's part of it. I mean, it sounded like this just like rolls right into, rolls right into this other thing that you were saying. Uh, this, uh, gives us authority over our circumstances, not our circumstances having authority over us. You know, so, and I was just like thinking about that person you talked to that they're like, oh, that's exactly what I need to do about, you know, uh, that relationship thing that was going Mm -hmm. on there. That was giving them authority over that circumstance then. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so that's kind of, that's kind of important if you ask me. Uh, I think we talked about that a bit last week as well. So, you know, a little bit of a recurring theme there, mm-hmm. right? So, And, um, you know, what? Uh, I'll, and I'll share one that's very practical. Like, for the last year, we've stepped out in faith to trust God financially to go back into full-time ministry. And there has been periods of time where um, we would, uh, if we don't get enough money within a day or two, our bank account w- was going to bounce. And so that circumstance generally speaking would make us freak out for the most part right like so that's a and that that circumstance in a way uh would basically make probably most people uh and including myself uh feel like i'm doing something wrong right like Mm -hmm. this shouldn't be happening because this is not a good thing um and but uh what's so interesting about it is Instead of saying, I've done something wrong, we have no money, we're in trouble. It's just when I flip it and I say, no, Jesus knows, uh, it's all up to Jesus that I'm in this situation. Uh, I'm in this situation because of Jesus' call. And um, and so I'm just going to, and I'm going to trust him to provide. He's, He's the one that's bringing this circumstance to me. It's an opportunity for me to trust him. And so, and then usually when I kind of make that switch instead of blaming myself or like this shouldn't happen or where are you, God? Like the storm, you know, like that kind of storm, it basically just turns to be like, okay, no, yeah. Now I'm letting the faith of Jesus be like, you know, Jesus is calm. Jesus knows that I'm going to have everything I need. And so, and then he starts giving me those thoughts and those, that calm and that peace. So and then, I mean, we'll just roll right into this here from that, because uh, one thing that you talked about was, uh, you know, well, first off, this kind of this this is rolling out of the uh, that we we can't know the will of God uh, through through envy. Mm-hmm. And so. In the New Testament, we are called to be thankful constantly mm-hmm. and and like that's through whatever our circumstances are. Mm-hmm. OK, yes. And go into a little bit why we're called to be thankful like that in the New Testament. And, you know, keeping in mind that, you know, we have people go through trials and tribulation and trouble and everything. And and sometimes things suck. But we're called to be thankful even in that. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, like everyone, it's so easy to be thankful, like when things are good, you know. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, 
I'm so thankful, you know, I got this roof over my, it's raining, there's a roof over my head, and I got food in the refrigerator, the bills are paid, this is fantastic. But there's somebody out there, like, who's literally, their cars broke down, they're walking because they have no family in the area, no roof over their head at the moment, and they're waiting for an eviction notice any day. Mm -hmm. You know, where, you know, what do we get from that being thankful in those moments? Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's... uh... So basically, we we're, we're commanded to be thankful, uh, largely because it is an act of faith. If you're thankful in every circumstance, it's an acknowledgement that everything about your life is gift, uh, even the hard stuff. So John the Baptist says, you know, um, you know, nobody has anything except from what they've received right? So rich people are not rich because of their savvy. They're rich because they've been given it by God. Can they be also savvy? Yes, but it's ultimately given to them from God. Jesus can say to Pontius Pilate, you are in the position you're in because it's given to you by God. Pontius Pilate is not a good dude. He's a terrible dude, but it's still, he's not in a position by God by favor. He's in a position by God by God's choice. Everything is gift. And so uh, that's, and thankfulness is an acknowledgement of that. And the opposite of that is striving. The opposite of that is works, really. Uh, so you you need to make your life what it needs to be in order for you to be happy and empowered and all that kind of things. Now, uh, this is also very mysterious, right? Because that doesn't necessarily say that you need to stay in the exact situation you're in, right? Uh, your situation could be very terrible and you need to like, you know, uh, get out of that situation. Uh, but you would also recognize that like, you know, instead of shaking your fist at God and say, God, why was I born into a poor family? And why are these my parents? And why are these my this? And why is this my that? Why am I not like this? And why am I not like that? Um, that would be the covetousness, right? That would be, you're basically like, you can see what other people have and then you're just very envious of them and you're put out by not, not having it. That's, you know, that's also breaking the 10th commandment, right? So right in the top 10, you have this internal command that you're saying, uh, I'm acknowledging that everything in my life is gift. And this is really hard because God is not fair. God does not dole out life circumstances uh by uh equity um he's not he just he's god's not fair and a lot of people everybody has a problem with it. it's hard it is hard right Uh, because we want things to be fair but ultimately we know that god wasn't fair to jesus either so you know jesus comes and he's the one deserving all praise riches honor glory power you know and uh obedience and everything and what does he get? He gets death on a cross. So God isn't even a fair to his own son. So, you know, we can bear up under what the... What hope do so, we have? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? And so, but that also just shows what is like partial, also what stewardship we have, right? Like, um, God gives some, we see Paul, right? He says, God gives some to be needy so that those who have extra, that those who have extra would be to provide their need. And so I... Just very much assume if you have extra, uh, when you get to um, the judgment day, God's going to ask you, did you use your extra to meet need? 
that uh, almost certainly you'll be judged on that, you know, and, uh, you know, James criticizes rich Christians, uh, in his book by saying like, you know, you're living in luxuries in a day of slaughter. <laughs> so he's so not a very, the very vivid language to show yeah. that it's like, um, you know, it's, I think it's hard for people who have a lot of maybe money or possessions to see that they, they got it because of God. They can't boast about it. Um, and it's also very hard for people who have no money to say, I have no money because of God. Um, but they're both equally true. So let's, let's, I have to ask this question then, because, uh, if I don't, then I'm going to feel like I missed an opportunity, but so when we talk about everything that we're given is from God, uh, you know, whether it be good or bad, right? Uh, and and I, you talked about it in the sermon as well that the the bad things uh, can be that God allowed them, mm-hmm. uh, not not so much that He was like, ah, I give you, um, you know, massive medical bills, but more that He mm-hmm. allowed it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here, here's the where I run into this problem is I I run into people who have that belief, but they're like, well, I'm poor because God made me poor and I'm just waiting for him to bless me. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, but there is an element here. Like, like, can you stumble into great wealth? Sure. Uh, but, uh, probably not going to happen. The scriptures tells us that that person squanders it. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'll have to look that up. What it's, uh, I believe it's in Proverbs. I think uh, that basically, you know, the person that falls into wealth end up ends up losing it. They end up spending it all, and they they don't they they don't hold on to it very long. Uh, but when we have like these circumstances in society where people decide I'm I'm not doing any work, I'm waiting for God to bless me. I'm like, you need to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And I, you know, I'm not like the the pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of person. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with you know helping people get on their feet, but people do need to stand on their own. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be real, all right? Yeah. Like, you can't go through your whole life receiving handouts. It's never going to work for you. Uh, but there is that there is that you know subset of people, and it's not very many. I don't want people to think there's a lot. There's like that very small subset that I'm like, you need to get out and work. You know, I, I believe even like we can look at some of Jesus' parables, even about sowing seed when it comes to spreading the gospel. How is God going to bless your work if you have none? Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, Paul even says that, uh, you know, who was it? Who was it that water? Uh, he or he. One of them did something he watered or something <laughs> like that, but God gave the growth. Yeah, right. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's not going to provide any growth if nothing's been sown yeah. or watered. Yeah. And right. So when we talk about this, uh, these circumstances here, that doesn't mean that you should just give up. That God's laid out your cards for you, and you're doomed to be poor and in squalor. Right. I mean, is this correct? And where do we find the balance here? Well, yeah, there's there's a ton to say about it for sure because as soon as like I think that is exactly what happens as soon as you say um, everything is gift, like you also have to say, but wait, I can look at rich people and I can see some of their savvy, and they're just good at business, you know, 
I can see that. Like, how is that gift? They're they're good at it. That's why they make good money. And you can look at some of the poor and you can say, oh, I can see how they don't work. They squander it, maybe, or whatever. And um, and I think certainly part of, like, God giving um, what God gives is, you know, like I would say rich people are savvy because, or some rich people are very savvy because God gave them that savviness in order to be good at business, right? And so, um, and that, you know, there are some, you know, people who are just only getting handouts and whatnot that are, um, you know, so they haven't been given uh, a sense of like savvy or skill for that kind of thing. Really what ultimately, it, you know, when you're talking about not working, um, like there needs to be consequences to not working if you're able-bodied. You know, Paul says if if we, uh, you know, if you do not work, you should not eat. You know, so there is a consequence within the body of Christ of if, you, if you're able-bodied to work and you're not going to do that, you won't eat. You shouldn't eat. Um, no one's gonna no one's gonna bail you out uh, on there. Um, that's within the body of Christ. So there, you know, but that is very rare. That is that, I mean, there are like, um, you know, but, uh, so there's, but what you're really saying is like, uh, but you don't say you should work. So you get off your bum and not be a piece of garbage. You know, he says you need to work so that you have something to give. Um, and basically it's like, if you're a Christian, you should want to have stuff to give. You know, like, um, uh, you know, like, and, uh, that should be your attitude. It's not just like, I, I want an easy life. She'd be like, no, I want to give, you know, I want to be able to, um, resource my community. So it's a, it's a really a call to love, you know? Um, now do, should I expect unbelievers to have that power necessarily? Not necessarily. Um, uh, but uh, for Christians, especially there, you know, hopefully there is a sense of I want to work so that uh, I have something to give. Um, but also on the other side of it, the rich, their money and their savvy is really a test to them. Um, it's a test of whether they're going to use it for themselves, store up in treasures on earth, or whether they're going to largely use their wealth as a way to um, meet needs, um, and, uh, and not live and not conform to the pattern of this world, you know, which is the more money you get, the more luxuries you, you have. Um, and, you know, many rich people who, you know, instead of buying a, I don't know, a Land Rover, they buy, you know, Toyota, right. You know, you know, something like that or whatever, you know, it's just like, you know, um, and they can give, you know, cost whatever, $50,000 less. And they maybe give the 50,000 they would have spent on the Land Rover and they give it to somebody in need or something like that. Um, that's going to be more reward in heaven, of course, <laughs> right. Than it would be. So, but it still is a test and, uh, money is deceitful, you know, so there's lots to say, there's lots and lots to say about it. We also need to also recognize too that not everybody's poor because of um, bad choices. Um, you know, it's very uh, the Bible is very clear about you know uh, the poor are vulnerable 
that even what they have can be taken away from them, largely because they're just they don't have any other resources to um, uh, you know to fight when injustice happens to them. And so we're not to be so quick to judge uh, somebody uh, who's poor just because we should never just think someone's poor just because they're morally suspect or something. Oh yeah, the people I I knew that were like this was after years of mm-hmm. of you know knowing them and and even going to church with them, mm-hmm. and like it was to a point where it was like, man, like you're you're stuck in this rut here because you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. You like the the church is constantly coming and and giving you this hand and you're refusing to stand. Mm. And it was because of that kind of mentality, this like oh, waiting yeah. for God to bless me, and I'm like. God blessed you last week when, uh, when, yeah. when you were you were given you know these nine things here you know you were given your know, rides all around and and you know you were taken to write your resume and yeah you did all these applications and then somebody even read the email for you that you had yeah. an interview on Monday and you didn't show up yeah <laughs> like yeah. like no like yeah God blessed you and you refused it yeah you know and, and so that, and, and like well, I said, that's rare that's a yeah rare, that's that's like, like and that person like doesn't like even I would just say too, it's like, like you should never associate God's blessing with money. Like, and, and I, and and, and most of us like say it as a, like, I just got to raise God's really blessed me. And I would love it if people did not do that. I would absolutely just Mm. love it if people didn't do that. Um, and say, you know, uh, because even in it's obviously it's easy to do you're you are thankful for the raise and there's no problem with you being thankful for the raise it's just like when you start to get into um money as blessing uh you're in you're definitely on the side of the teeter totter that's going to go down and wrong um and uh because your flesh wants your flesh wants money your flesh wants riches your flesh wants ease your flesh wants importance your flesh wants all that stuff there's nobody and to start associating um you know jesus says about the pharisees he said they love money and they uh, are looking to justify themselves in the eyes of men he says and what is praised in the eyes of men is an abomination to god he says that in luke 16 so what's he saying he's saying uh, the love, like people celebrating your money and your status is an abomination to God, <laughs> which is like shocking because that just doesn't feel good or sound good. Cause that's, we all want money and status. And, and so with all that, I mean, this just goes into what your point was, uh, in, in the sermon, or I think it was your point Let me uh, of this part of the subject here anyways, uh, that, Ultimately, it was like it's always this like I'm not going to be happy until I reach my dreams. That was how you yeah, sure, it yeah. down. And, That's which is such a American uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a full on Western thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, sure. You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And you're like, I think you're like right over the target there, and uh, you broke down thankfulness as being a response to something received. Yep. And. Uh, and then you point out that our 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 lives in general are something we received. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think, did you point that out? Or yep, was that just yep, a note? Yeah, yep, you did. Yep. Okay, I was like, wait, did I just, did I just put <laughs> words in his mouth? Like, hold on a second. Uh, so, so with that, like, you know, we, we always go to this riches and everything, like this money situation. But, you know, and the one thing that I was going to bring up earlier, uh, you know, especially like we're, we're breaking down, like, how do we know something to be envy or not? And I was thinking, you know, when I see a family who is close, uh, and this is always like, you know, their, their kids are older, you know, the, and everything, and their kids are fairly well grown and, and they're all very close and everything. That is a uh, sign that, you know, the parents have been uh, spending time with their kids from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? They've, they've always had a, you know, had part in their lives and they understand who their kids are and their kids have been able to come to know and understand who their parents are and they all really know each other. And, uh, it's not from a place of envy, but that, see, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's what I want because, uh, that is honestly what I feel like God wants me to do. Like he, he Mm -hmm. wants me to, that's why I, I I try to spend so much time with my daughter and Mm -hmm. my wife, you know, I'm not, there's so many other things that I have on my list of things to do. But when I first get home, like that first couple of hours, like Mm -hmm. no questions asked is it's I'm on the literally on the floor, yeah. you know, like chasing my daughter around. She's only yeah. 14 months old and she's crazy. Just like screaming. She yeah. runs over to her mom and like hides her face, like in her <laughs> lap, you know, in her mom's lap. And then, you know, tries to place this little peekaboo thing, you know, oh, and it's like, so great. that's what that see. That's what I want right now, because I know in the future mm-hmm. I want to have strong relationships with my kids mm-hmm. and I want to have a, a good family and I don't care, you know, what house that's in. I have a ideal house. If God wants to work that in there, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely not the house we're in now, but, uh, I, so like, and that was kind of like, you know, when I was breaking down, uh, you know, what's the difference between how do, how do you know something's coming from envy or not? Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, I, I think for me, it's when I can see when I'm seeing what I want elsewhere and I'm not wanting what I see elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's also probably important for you, though, uh, to your picture of what a, a family does you want. That's something you'll you'll want to die to for sure. Even if even though it's good, that's the point of dying, because it's not that it's bad. It's not bad. It's very good but it's yours and you don't want yours. You want God's. And, um, now that doesn't mean God's isn't yours necessarily, but, um, I'll tell you this, you would know if like your, one of your kids became very rebellious at age 16 or 17 and just how you reacted to that, how you reacted to that, how you reacted to them, how you reacted to yourself, how you reacted to God. Um, and, Usually because, you know, uh, because at that point you won't be getting what you want, you know, um, and, but it's just important that we die to even the good things that we want, not because they're bad, but because, um, we are wanting Jesus life to come out through us, not our will be done, his will be done. And we will find almost always when we die to even the good things that we want, um, that we get them back. Um, and they are much, much better. And we're more at peace usually with them. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that, uh, with, with like, you know, 
don't all teenagers become rebellious at some point? No, yeah. not really. No? Actually, not no? really. I mean, it just kind of depends. Like, I don't know. everybody what kind says, of do you have that's so, weird. What's <laughs> uh, as of right now, none of our teenagers have been rebellious, and we've had very good relationships with them. And like, we can talk about some of the things that we have done, um, per se, but also at the same time, too, we know that there's a um, there's a huge dynamic and all of that. That's just, and we know people who are better parents than us that have rebellious children. Yeah. We, we do not. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think it can happen to any family really, Yeah, you know, but you know, the, the main thing is like my, my thing is right now is I'm like, God wants me at home with my family, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously I have to go to work. So that really stinks. I'm waiting for him to sort that one out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Hey, fix this. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, but right now it's like what, what I'm like, what God's will for me is he's like, you're, you're raising kids. That's right. You know? And the, which is so important because for men, a lot of times they're usually like, I want to make more money, get more, like more responsibility at work. And you I'm know, not and, opposed and to that so, as long as I'm only of, working yeah. eight hours. So, yeah. I'm like, look, Lord, you can yeah. jack my pay up all you want, but I really want to stick with the yeah. eight hours. Yeah. And, <laughs> so. you know, it is really, and everybody's different. Like our, that's why our, the knowledge, you know, obviously it comes back again to our sin nature is the knowledge of good and, uh, good and evil. You know, some, so we, but that's the problem. We define what's good and evil for ourselves. And that's what we have to die to. Even the good things, even the God, even the things God is calling you to, you need to die to. Not because it's bad, but it's just like, that's like, remember we talked about Abraham and Isaac. That's the point of Abraham and Isaac is, I think, is he's the miracle child. Why in the world would God have him sacrifice him? Right. You know, it's, he had him do it because, um, you know, Obviously, it was a test of Abraham's faith in his belief in resurrection. Um, but also, it also is a great example to us where even God's call goes on the altar. And uh, because we do not want our way of doing it to be what we want Jesus' way of doing it. We want a resurrected way of doing it. And so you, um, and just because, you know, because I died a Christian VIP, right? That doesn't mean I might never be a very important Christian. Right. It just means that it won't be my way of going about it and doing it. If it ever is given to me um, in a way where I become more important than just to our church, uh, if that ever just happens, like it'll be because Jesus, it'll be because Jesus did it. But I'm also now not living for it. And And that's kind of a, that's an important thing. So you you know what you're saying about being a daddy. That's exactly right. So good. It's so good. Um, but also at that, you know, you still hold it loosely, right? And because, um, you know, the picture of what you want your family to be should be constantly given to God and letting Him give you the picture of what you know of what it is um, that He's doing too. So. Yeah, well, you know, we can just roll right into this next part because, like you just said, like anything can happen. I mean, like mm-hmm. literally tomorrow, I could, uh, I could end up like getting into a car wreck and become a vegetable. You mm-hmm. know, literally, yeah. that's that's a possibility. 
There's like, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and so we talked earlier, you know, about that, uh, you know, those bad things that happen that God allows or, or abuse even that God allows. And I just want to take a moment, like what's up with that? Mm -hmm. Where do, where is this coming from that God allows this? Not so much contesting that God allows it, but like, does does the scriptures tell us why, where this comes from? You know, well, we do know, of course, where this comes from. It comes from obviously sin and is in the world, and um, and we we know, of course, that like when when crimes are committed against someone, it's very traumatizing, and you would never want to go in and be like, be thankful, <laughs> right? Like that would be so dumb. Oh, I've been uh, doing this right. Wrong. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Uh, because you know, we, when we're victims of sin and we're victims of, of crimes or all that stuff, there is like trauma that needs to be dealt with grief that needs to be dealt with the, you know, the, the anger that comes with the, the helplessness, um, you know, that kind of thing. We're not talking necessarily in a way that says, um, uh, but if, if someone who has been abused or something came to me and was like, I want to like figure out God's will, you know, um, and I, you know, I would basically, you know, I probably would ask about, well, what are you thankful for? Like, you know, um, tell me about your life. What like has brought you to this place? Right. Like, and how has God worked within your good and your bad, right? And um, and a lot of times you see with people who are like full of the Holy Spirit, you know, they'll their trauma is brought into the Holy Spirit and their life and it gets healed, they forgive, it gets healed, and then they have this incredible ministry of healing others who have gone through the same thing. That doesn't justify what happened to them, but God uses that, right, to be, uh, he comforts them in their sorrow to be a comfort to, mm -hmm. to others as well. So God is working those things for good, for sure. Um, and he does, but yes, again, it's not fair. You know, that's one of the things that's we all ultimately have to like settle in. We don't choose our parents. Uh, we don't choose if you're born rich. You don't choose if you're born poor. You don't choose if you have horrifying parents. You don't choose if you have good parents, right? All you can really do is, um, you know, respond to uh, what it, the life you've been given. And we don't respond to the life we've been given just with the commands of God. It's obviously first off, it's um, trusting that God died for you, he rose again, that Jesus died for you, he rose again and receiving his love into your life and his Holy Spirit into your life. Like, let that, that's the reality of what makes all of the commands possible, right? So I don't think you go to someone, you know, that's been abused and it's like, oh, gotta be thankful for it if you're really gonna get past this. Because um, that's just, it's the Holy Spirit who's gonna be the one that's going to heal, that's gonna love, that's the body of Christ come around. Um, but it is, God is not fair. And that is not fair. <laughs> it just is not fair. But God wasn't fair to Jesus either. I mean, like, are there people who actually think that you should be thankful for, like, trouble in your life? 
Well, I mean, is, I think you that, could. I think you can argue from the New Testament. You know, it says rejoice in your sufferings. I mean, that would probably be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Rejoice. Or, you know, so, yeah. Rejoice. I'm not hearing thankful. So, I, I think I mean, you can rejoice at you know God's sovereignty and that He's given us salvation in any circumstances. Sure, but oh, not about salvation. It's it would be suffering. I mean, I think Paul no, is pretty but, thankful for the bad stuff but, that happens to him. I guess. I mean, I no, I think there's a difference in between rejoicing and being thankful for something. Yeah, I mean, you I don't know, know if you're I, like it could be a splitting hairs, possibly. I mean, yeah. you, like if you don't need to say like someone sins against you, you don't be like I'm so thankful for that. Like that's still yeah, it's that's like crazy, it's like right? that's sin. That is sin, right? It's just, but we also know too that like you can be thankful for not that it happened but what god did um you know in the midst of it or from it or whatever that kind of thing look you can be thankful that you got a flat tire because it gave you the opportunity to hone your skills and putting on that spare and Uh heading you know i can understand that i can understand being thankful for learning you know how to go through the troubles of you know, figuring out your insurance, how all that works when your house burns down, right? Like, I, like you can find things to be yeah. thankful there. I don't think you need to be thankful. Like, I'm so glad everything's gone. I'm so glad the house burned down. Like, I don't think yes. you need to do that, yes. right? Well, that's what it, the, when we talk about authority, yes, exactly. When we talk about authority over circumstances, let's say your house burns down and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You start freaking out. You know, you start like being like, I'm, I have no confidence anymore. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm all those things. Instead of, instead of just being like, wow, what a crazy circumstance that has happened to me. You can view it by faith and say, Jesus knows that my, Jesus knew that my house was going to burn down and Jesus has all the resources for me to walk through this very complicated situation and I'm going to let him do it. Now that's when you start living by faith. I'm going to let him provide the resources needed to do this. Um, I'm not happy that my house burned down, right? Right. But um, this circumstance is not outside of um, the sovereignty of God, the machinations of God. Um, God knew it was going to come. God wants to fulfill, you know, his power in you, through you in dealing with this situation. That's the, and that's really when I talked about in the sermon of the people who have the secret, right? It's the people who have stopped trying to get enough faith to, you know, overcome their circumstances and just start looking to Jesus uh, to be the one who will provide in those circumstances and just, and then surrender to that, that Jesus is going to do that. Um, and, uh, and looking to him, not trying to get more faith, just looking to him to provide it. There was a reason to go watch the sermon that you gave. It's that, that book that you read. From. Oh my gosh. Isn't that oh, the funniest dude. <laughs> dude? That is the funniest. What was I, the guy's yes. name? Oh, what is his name? Uh, uh, I gotta look at. Oh, I have my phone up there. But I, uh, it's his. Oh, what this? It's the, the Ir- guy. Ireland guy, the guy from Ireland. Oh, Daft Jimmy. Daft Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I can't let two wee girls and Daft Jimmy. <laughs> like, he says he doesn't have enough brains in his head to get a, make a headache or to have a headache. I was dying, man. Dude, that I was, was like... one of the funniest. I loved that. Uh, I loved that. It was so great. 
I was like, I like part of me is like, I feel like I've known a daft Jimmy before. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, yes. and then I'm like, so they're like, I'm not the daft Jimmy. Oh am I? my gosh. <laughs> that it was, that was such a great story. I'm so glad I ran across that. Story. I, I wrote down in my notes too, like the name of the book and stuff. So I was like, I gotta, yeah, I gotta pick dude. this thing up. It's gotta be on my it, I think it's out of print. So I, uh, <sighs> I probably shouldn't do this, but I went on LibGen, which is that like you just download books or whatever, like illegally, probably illegally. But this is out of print, so I didn't feel bad about it. It's I don't yeah I don't know I don't know how the anyway, like, I just, I just like download a, a copyright run well, out eventually. Like, yeah yeah that's yeah. A public domain. So yeah. So I, I think you could there. probably just go on Google and type in like um, what is it file colon PDF and then type in the name of the thing and you probably get the whole book. So you know. Are you Google hacking? So oh, I'm a Google hacker <laughs> baby. What what is that actually called? Uh, Man, there's actually a term for it. There's uh, oh yeah, you're right. There is a term. I can't. I don't remember what it yeah, is. They, they'll actually use Google to find like uh, unprotected like IoT devices and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And cameras and yeah. things like that. Yes, and, you're right. I've uh, seen it's that. a whole art form. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, and then then they find those and and then they submit them. They go, hey, they like especially if it's, if it's a company, mm-hmm. they'll they'll submit it and be like, hey, I found this. And then they pay them like a two thousand dollar bounty for for finding this vulnerability oh, wow. on their network. Yeah, yeah, bug bounty hunting. It's a thing. I've been looking into it. Daft uh, Jimmy ain't doing that. <laughs> Daft Jimmy's not doing that. No. <laughs> uh, so I, I do have a I do have a, a quick bonus round here. I don't want to go okay. too deep into it. Uh, but my brother sent me a, a meme this morning and okay. it said, uh. Actually, let me pull it up and so that I get it right because I don't want to. I don't want to totally butcher this. So it says, when someone says, "What would Jesus do?" Remember, flipping over tables and chasing people with a whip is within the realm of possibilities. <laughs> and, okay, so I thought about this and yes. slamming my phone down. Uh, I thought about this and I was like, you know, I don't like the "What would Jesus do?" mentality. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, we would be better served if we said, what has Jesus taught us to do? Or or what would Jesus have us do? Okay. Because let's be real. We're not justified in making any such decisions. <laughs> like, like being honest, because I was thinking to myself, you know, yeah. mounting up on a horse with an army behind you and smiting your enemies, that could be within the realm of <laughs> possibilities too, right? Like he's got that in the books. It's in the plan. Yeah, how like, hard do we want this to go? <laughs> like, and so I, do you agree with that? Do you think what would Jesus do? Like, I know it has like that connotation of, Oh, you're gonna do something nice, or you know, you're gonna give something, you know, or help someone, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But is it really reasonable to think in that mentality? Because I also I feel like I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, well, I guess what would Jesus do here? He would heal this person who's sick. Um, mm-hmm. And we've talked about that how, that you know we technically have that ability, but not quite the level that Jesus does, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or at least I know I don't. Maybe, <laughs> you know, my faith is not quite the mustard seed size. Obviously. You're smaller than the mustard seed. That's very obvious. I'm not moving <laughs> mountains, so maybe someday. But I, I just kind of felt like if we thought about what has Jesus taught us to do, mm-hmm. that would be that would be a better thing to put on a bracelet. Would it? Am I crazy? Yeah. Am I looking too deep into this? No, you're not looking too deep. It. That's a hilarious. That is a hilarious meme. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit, which is giving us the mind of Christ. So we should know what, in a sense, um, as we practice it and experience it more and more, what Jesus 
and really to do things in the name of Jesus is very much like that. You're thanking them, Lord, you're inside of me. You are living in me. You, you want to live through me. I thank you that you're going to do that today. So, uh, I'm just going to trust you and put my mind on you. And as I go about my day, I'm just watching to see you do this. You know, I thank you that you're going to do this. And wild things can happen. And you might actually be led to do some wild things. But just imitating what he did in the first century is kind of a mistake, right, to think um, like that's what you need to bring to your own uh, your own life, right? Um, you want to be led, but being led by the Spirit is doing truly like you have the mind of Christ. You're like doing what it is that you are a little Christ and like where you are, you know, you're doing what Jesus wants to be done where you are. Um, and so, um, so that's a wild thought, but yeah, you don't want to necessarily just take, uh, the written word <laughs> and say, Oh, look, Jesus made a whip and, and drove and overturned tables. Now I will too. Uh, where you're talking, I thought about, there's a woman I know, such a sweet woman, such a sweet, but really, uh, really, uh, knows a lot about walking by the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of God. And they were at this um, retreat, and there was a kid who was not coming out of their tent. They were, like, kind of throwing a tantrum or whatever. And this woman is the sweetest woman. They, But they went, she was one of the leaders, and so they went to her, and they said, hey, we need to really help getting this girl out of the tent. She's, like, not coming. We don't want to physically force her out or whatever. And so she said she just, like, stopped to pray, and she got the words from the Holy Spirit. She said, be stern. Now, this woman is so sweet, and uh, it, she just got the phrase, be stern. And so, she, and she's, like, not a stern woman at all. I would be afraid of her if she was ever stern to me, uh, for sure, but she's not a stern woman at all. And uh, and so she opened, like, zips the tent flat, and that teenage girl was in there, and she was just like, what are you doing here? You need to be there. Everybody's doing this. She was just like incredibly stern with this girl, like so stern with her, nothing insulting, but just very stern. And that girl just walked right out, <laughs> walked right out of that tent. And, um, I always remember that story. And actually this girl has now come on to be like an amazing Christian woman. Like this girl who was like not coming out of her tent. Um, is that a Christian retreat thing? And I always remember that story. Because that's what Jesus would do in that situation. And actually, that's what Jesus did in that situation. He just did it through her. You know what I'm saying? That's actually what it means to have Christ who is your life in you. Like, and then you have the mind of Christ. Like, he knew exactly what it was going to take to get that girl out of the tent. Right? <laughs> and she just was, like, humble enough to ask, what, what should I do, Lord? be stern and then she and she's not a stern woman and but she's like okay i guess i'll be stern so anyway i didn't mean to like complicate your thing but it actually is kind of cool that we should sort of know that we don't want our mind necessarily to go to like matthew mark luke and john always and be like this is what jesus would do but you're but you're actually being like jesus you are living inside of me and you are living through me you want to Act through me. I am your bo- I'm your body, right? I thought you were about to say I'm, I'm your boss. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's not yeah, but he, you are his body in the place where you are, and 
you know? And that's actually when I said, you do have the mind of Christ. It's just that you don't actually yet, like, full... And I don't think we're always fully conscious of, like, this is, like... It's sometimes just looking in the rearview mirror, like, oh, I think that was God. But you can, by practice, know more and more what are the thoughts of Jesus in the situation you're in, right? And, um, and I think it also comes out, too, like, you know, in your job there's probably lots of ways that it would be very easy to be unkind and impatient, right? Which is two unloving things to do, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. But, you know, because of this, the stress you're under and all the things that you have to protect at your job. Um, but you can also be like, Lord, you want to show your love to people here. And so your love is patient. Your love is kind. I I'm just looking to you to be patient and kind today. I know I can't be patient and kind with this, you know, this staff member who's come to me with the same request six times. I know I'm not going to, you know, you know, know, but you're saying, Jesus, you're patient and kind. And so I want you to live through me. And it's funny. And you say, thank you that I have you and you're going to do it. And what do you find? You will find patience and kindness supernaturally. That's the that's the secret, right? That's uh, yeah. That's the thing. That's the real. That's the real deal about following the Holy Spirit day by day. It usually isn't going to be like flipping tables and whip. You know, making it. I mean, do you even know how to make a cord of whips or a uh, whip no. out of cords? Yeah, I don't no. either. I don't even know where I would get cords. So, <laughs> like, where, like, where, where would you go for them? Like, that? I mean, yeah. I'm assuming you can't just use an extension cord. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, I don't know how to make it. So, I, I mean, that know. would be sweet. But there, I mean, that's the thing. That's like when you start to hear stories about what the Holy Spirit has led people to do. They're so myriad. Some of them are often very odd. But it is wild. I mean, like, you just, like, look at it. You're just like, this is wild. Like, it just, um, you know, and and it always, I mean, even as I'm learning it, right, it's just like, what, you know, like me being like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I told you about my dream, you know, the lady that I encouraged from my dream a long time ago, June or whatever. So I was so, <laughs> wild. It's, like, weird. So. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, Apparently it tells people to walk down the road with Daft Jimmy and the two kid yeah. girls, you know, like, <laughs> dude, I love this. It's ridiculous. So, you know? <laughs> it's so good. It's so, it's so good. It's a, and dude, I'll tell you that book is awesome. I mean, it's, it's one thing to like talk about that, this stuff as a concept, but then to hear 20 different people's stories about how they sort of came to the same thing, but all in all myriad different ways. It's that's like the best way. You just like learn through their stories, you know. I, I always feel like I'm gonna be Jonah, you know. Like God's <laughs> like I'm always like, like God's gonna call me to do something. He's gonna be like, you need to go and and do this uh, and tell this person unless they do this, then this is gonna happen or something, you know, or yes. something like that, you know. And then what ends up? I'm like, and I'm telling them, I'm like, okay, you're just gonna make me look like an idiot, yeah, because you're gonna have mercy on them, or you're gonna, <laughs> you're, you're gonna do this, or you're gonna fix that, you know. And then I'm just gonna look stupid, you know? yes. <laughs> that uh, having that battle, you know, yeah, sometimes in my life. That's so right, dude. <laughs> I, it's yeah. it's it was so funny about that guy. I can't, I can't believe I forgot his name, but the Irish guy. But he was like, I he's like, I would go to Timbuktu. 
or Africa. <laughs> yeah, right. I do instead of staying with these two girls and Daft Jimmy at the you Salvation don't need Daft Army. Daft Jimmy's name to tell the story, though. You don't need the other guy. <laughs> exactly, dude. I love to. They're like, no one's no one's paying attention to us. Let's get down on our knees and pray. And he's like dying inside. And then he's like, then they're like, carry the tambourine. <laughs> Trust me, everyone's paying attention to us. He's like, and he's like, yeah, he's like everybody I knew ever is out. I was out that night. Oh my gosh, such a great.